This morning, I thought it was very fitting for myself to speak about isolation and withdrawal. So the title of my message is Withdrawal. Is anyone having any forms of withdrawal during this season? Yes, I see that hand. Well done. You might be withdrawing from your friends, from travel, from food, from exercise. Not me. Who is withdrawing from things? It is a hard season. And I, I felt that the word isolate can be kind of defined as I'm so late to stop this thing getting me. You know, there's two forms. You can isolate because you've got it and you don't want to spread it. Or you can actually withdraw and protect yourself. It's not because you've got it, there's something wrong with you, you're running away in fear. But sometimes to withdraw is actually to protect yourself from what's out there. And I find it really interesting that Jesus withdrew a lot in the Bible. There are so many scriptures where Jesus withdrew to pray. He withdrew to teach his disciples. He withdrew to leave the crowd and rest and maybe have a break. He withdrew so many times. And I want to look at this word withdraw, the way Jesus did it. This word withdraw means to go back or to retire. If you think about when people retire, they have actually, you know, hopefully worked really hard their whole life, saved money, and then they get to this place where they can sit back, relax, retire, and access every single thing that they've got while they were working and out doing things. You know, hopefully, I know that's not always the case for everyone, but just think about it that way, that you are going to access what is already yours and enjoy life when you withdraw from what's yours. When Jesus withdrew, he wasn't running away from people or getting away from people. He was going backwards to retire, to relax, and to probably get refreshed because he was human. I want to you to think about the word withdraw in a positive sense. You know, if you went to an ATM, you would withdraw money that was already yours and walk away with gold, right? Because it's yours. When you withdraw from the kingdom of God, when you get access to what's already yours, you are walking away with gold. You are walking away with with rest. You are walking away with what is yours, what's rightfully yours. And so this morning I want to talk about not thinking of withdrawing as this negative thing, but thinking of it as a time, what Jesus did. He went away from the crowd, withdrew, and he came out. You know, every single time he withdrew, mark my words, he came out and did a miracle afterwards. He wasn't hiding and came out all damaged. He withdrew and came out in power and did a miracle every single time. It's very powerful what withdrawing can actually do for us. You know, this is Hunter's money box and I asked him if I could borrow it this morning and he told me, make sure you don't steal any. So Hunter, I won't steal any, but this is a money box. He has been saving up money. Every time someone gives him money or he finds a coin, the amount of times Hunter and Macy have fought over whose $5 it belonged to, you know, they value what goes in here. And when they want something, they can access it and just, he actually emptied a little bit of it yesterday, but you can access it and take out what is yours. When you withdraw, you can take out from the kingdom of God. The Bible talks about in Isaiah 12 verse 3, 
withdraw, with joy you will draw from the wells of salvation. You can withdraw from the limitless wells of salvation. You can get joy, you can get peace, you can get teachings, you can get strength, you can get access when you're withdrawing, right? In 2 Timothy 1.14, it says, To guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. You have to guard that good deposit that is in you so that when you need it, you can withdraw it. You know, none of us are probably wanting to actually be in this position of withdrawing. You know, it is hard not seeing our friends and our family. But, you know, you've got to take the most of this opportunity and do things that you may not have normally done. You know, since being in isolation, I've bought hair dye, face masks, nail files, storage boxes, all things that I don't normally do. And I actually haven't done them yet, but I will. But you can access things and do things that you may not have had time to do before. And, you know, you might be able to sort out your junk. You might be able to you know, fix your head a little bit, fix what your hands are touching a little bit, you know, fix things that you couldn't normally do when you were so, so busy. And, you know, most of us, if we're seen to withdraw, people say, oh, you're so withdrawn, you know, but that was what Jesus did regularly. All of us seem to like want the biggest crowd. We want this big crowd. We have to be a part of the crowd. We have to have everyone see us part of this crowd. But Jesus tried to get away from the crowd all the time. He went away from the crowd and they would follow him. He just wanted a break. He wanted to withdraw and to retire and rest and get re-energized. So I want to look this morning at some of the things Jesus did when he withdrew. The first one was to pray. In Matthew 26, 36, it says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there to pray. In Matthew 14, 23, it said, After he had dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. And he tells us in Matthew 6, 6, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in heaven. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When we pray, he wants us to withdraw, to be fully engaged with him and not be distracted. And that's where we pray. So use this time of withdrawal to pray. The next thing he did was to rest. In Luke 8.22, it says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? You know, God was, Jesus was human, and he was probably tired. He'd been teaching all day. It was probably hot, and he just wanted to rest. And I find it super interesting that he found the time to rest while a storm was going on. While things were going crazy, he could withdraw and rest. You know, when I looked up this word storm, it meant a commotion or a shaking. Things were shaking. There was a commotion going on and it caused the wind to move. It caused the waves to move. It caused the boat to move. It caused 
their fear and emotions to move. It caused everything to move because there was a, a ground shaking, an earthquake shaking underneath. It caused the water to go up and down and all around them and it caused them to fear. And Jesus, he could have said to them, calm down, guys, calm down, guys. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. It's fine. Relax. Jesus woke up from his rest and rebuked the storm and told it to calm down. He didn't tell them to, you know, he didn't deal with their issues and what was going on for them. He dealt with the problem straight away. And, you know, to, to be in this commotion and this time of a storm that things are really being shaken and Jesus can look straight to the problem, to the root source and tell the root source to be calm, to be still and then it will cause your emotions and your fear and your worry to all calm down. It's amazing that Jesus could rest and be still in the middle of a shaking, in the middle of a storm. And that's what we can do too. We can really relax and rest while there's a shaking going on if we can get to what that root problem is. Why am I so anxious? Why am I so fearful? Why am I stressed out? Is it because my root cause is that I don't think God's my provider, that he can get me through this season, or I think I'm going to be swallowed by the waves of superannuation and, and all these things, maybe losing my home, all these things. But if you can get to the root, the root cause of that fear, you, you can tell that fear to calm down and you can say to that fear, God is my provider. Name all the names of God. He is your healer. He is your provider. He is your shield. Every single thing that you can name about God, that will cause the, the fear and the anxiety to become still and you will be able to rest while a shaking is going on. Jesus was, out, was able to sleep during it. And so we have that ability to sleep during storms like this as well. The next thing he did when he withdrew was to overcome a battle. In Matthew 4 verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led up to the, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not eat by bread alone, but by the very words that proceed from the mouth of God. He was led into a time of wilderness. He was led into a time of withdrawing. And what ended up happening from it was he defeated the devil and the devil fled from him. You know, when you read the next passage, passages after this particular story in the Bible, the next headings after this passage are, Jesus began to preach. He called his first disciples. He healed the sick. He spoke the Sermon on the Mount. That time of wilderness, that time of setting aside and having a few battles happening while he was withdrawn in the wilderness is what led to him doing powerful things straight afterwards. We have to take this time of withdrawing as a time of overcoming some battles. Amen? Great. The next thing he did was to teach. In Luke 9, where I want to stay for the rest of the time, if you can open your Bibles to Luke 9, he taught. Jesus taught his disciples so many valuable things. And I'm going to use my wonderful acronym to teach you what Jesus taught his disciples about the power and what you can get out of withdrawing. 
So Luke 9.10 says, Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowd learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. So he still healed them and he still looked after them. It's not like withdraw and don't talk to anyone. He still did miracles, so don't forget that. But he withdrew and taught his disciples. Some things we can learn from this. The first one, W, is that he taught his disciples who he is. In Luke 9.18, it says, Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowd say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am, Peter answered. God's Messiah. In essence, he was pulling them away from the crowd, from their ministry, from everything that they were doing. He pulled them away and he said, okay, guys, who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? In this time of reflection, who is God to you? Like I just mentioned, is he all of those things I mentioned, all the names of God, look them up. Is he those things to you? Are you able to weather the storm because of who he is to you? You know, when I I had this thought of when I was in labor, giving birth to Hunter, and the midwife said to us, what's the baby's name going to be? And we decided on Hunter, but lovely Justin decided to tell her, oh, we were also thinking about the name Cruz, which I never was. But Justin decided to chat away. And he said, oh, Cruz. So for 12 hours of her shift, she called the baby, come on, Hunter Cruz, come on, Hunter Cruz, come on, Hunter Cruz, come out, Hunter Cruz. I was so sick of the names Hunter and Cruz by the end of it. But it made me think, the poor kid, he just listened to this like drill sergeant say, come on, come on, Hunter Cruz. And he would have come out thinking, um... Who do you say I am? Like, who am I? What's my actual name? And his mother had to tell him, it's Hunter, relax. It's not Cruz, relax. But that's what we can be like. We can be so confused of, well, so-and-so says he's this, so-and-so says he's this. I haven't experienced that. I don't actually know who he is. People are saying that he's this mean God. People are saying that he will provide all your needs and money's just going to fall, you know, to the floor. Who is he to you? That's the first thing you need to establish. And that's the first thing he taught them while they were withdrawing, to find out who he was to them. The second thing is he wanted to teach them what's important. Luke 9.23 says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. You know, of what benefit is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? What benefit is to be mixing with the crowd, mixing with the world, mingling with everyone, doing this, doing that and losing your soul? 
It's important to withdraw, to spend time with Jesus, take up your cross daily, follow him and realize it is way more important to be with God, to follow in his footsteps than follow the world. And this is the perfect time of withdrawing to remember what's important, getting back to what is important. You know, yesterday we were driving down the street and there was literally bikes everywhere. We could not drive without seeing bikes everywhere. And Hunter again said to me, Mum, I've never seen this many people riding bikes before the corona. That's what he calls it, the corona. This corona is causing people to exercise. It's causing people to get out there with their families. And that was a good thing, like to see people spending time together, like as a family, exercising, riding their bikes, instead of maybe they were all off doing different things, they were all too busy doing something else, they weren't spending any time together. Let's get back to what is important. Don't gain the whole world and forfeit your soul because really it doesn't matter what car you've got because you can't drive it anywhere. It doesn't matter what clothes you've got because no one's going to see you wearing them. All of that stuff does not matter anymore. You're getting back to the heart issue of what's important because it's you and God that's going to get you through these things. The next thing is T, time. Make time. In verse 28, it said, He took Peter, John and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. They made the time to go and pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Make time to draw away and pray, and you will have encounters. They had this amazing encounter. And if you make the most of your time, you will have amazing times with God. Amen? Thank you to the three people here. D, discipline. Sorry, I've had to um, mix up my um, acronym so that I went in order of the scriptures, but you'll still get the gist. D is discipline or correction. In verse 32, it says, Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, this is still part of their encounter, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus, Peter, said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, who they've just seen in this encounter. He did not know what he was saying, but while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they had entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Did you pick up on what happened here? They had this great encounter. They saw these, these other people come down and they were like, this is amazing. And then said, let's build a memorial to you and to him and to him. And God had to come down and say, this one is my son. Listen to him. This is such a good opportunity for us to realize that God is more important than people. 
You can have encounters that involve people or that, you know, are through people and things like that. But sometimes we need some discipline to get back to the fact that God is more important than people. He's more important than pastors. He's more important to the person you're listening to, the person that's giving you revelation. Don't ever put anyone before God. Get some discipline and get corrected on who you're listening to and what, your, what idols you might be creating in your life because that is so important. And for God and Jesus to allow them to be disciplined is what actually would have shaped their ministry from that moment on. So let's withdraw and be with God. Amen. The next one is healing. Like I said earlier, Jesus never withdrew without coming back and doing a miracle. In Luke 9:42 it says, Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy and gave him back to his father, and they were all amazed at his greatness. He didn't withdraw to keep it to himself. It was always to come out, get refreshed and do amazing things. The next one is Revelation. Verse 44. Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand what it meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it. And they were afraid to ask him about it. You know, during this time, you are going to get revelation. If you incline your ear to God, he will speak to you. You will get prophecies. You will get dreams about the future. You will hear amazing things of what's to come when you've tuned into God and tuned out the voices of everyone else. You will hear straight from him. That's what happened when the disciples withdrew with Jesus. They got revelation. A is attitude. Verse 46 says, An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand behind, beside them. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. They all got schooled on... They just... They'd just seen Jesus do all these amazing things. And then he said to them, you know, this is how you do this. This is how you do this. And then he said to them, the greatest is a child. Never do things and do, come out doing miracles, doing amazing things, using the power of the Spirit. You know, the Bible says we can do greater works than these. We can do amazing things, but don't ever get so arrogant that you're saying, Who's more important, me or this guy? I'm the greatest. I'm important because Jesus will correct your attitude and tell you that a child is greatest. A child is more important. You need to have some childlike faith and stop thinking you're so amazing because children and Jesus are what's important. Start getting back to what's important. Your child is important. Your children are important. And stop thinking everything else is so important. Go on your family bike ride. My last one is win. When you spend time withdrawing with Jesus, you will come out winning. In verse 51, it said, Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Essentially, Jesus took them with him on his journey of withdrawing 
And then he came out assured of what he was going to accomplish. He set his face to Jerusalem. Some verses say he set his face like flint to Jerusalem. You cannot go somewhere if your face is not faced that way. You know, you could walk backwards to get somewhere, but you might not land in the right spot. But when your face is fixed on somewhere, you know where you're going. And Jesus came out knowing where he was going. And I pray that after this time of withdrawing, after our attitudes have been adjusted after you know we've got back to what's important we found out who he is to me putting aside the opinions of man and finding out what God says once we've done all that stuff once we've truly had a good withdrawal experience withdrawing from all the garbage and spending time with God and coming out you will come out with power and authority and on fire with vision revelation and know what you're meant to do and see miracle signs and wonders because every time you withdraw with Jesus a miracle will happen it happened for him and it will happen for us so I want to encourage you today to change your attitude of how you are experiencing isolation how you are spending your time what you are doing during this season because I guarantee that God will turn this season around for good that he will adjust things in your life refocus things in your life and you will start to come out maybe a little bit less of the world and a little bit more with God and focused and I pray that that is a winning recipe for withdrawing withdrawing closer to God and doing amazing things so the band is just going to sing another song and I want you to just reflect on what areas of my life may I need to um, withdraw from the crowd with what areas need to be adjusted because he is worthy of every part of our life amen amen And if you are listening today, you don't know anything that I'm talking about. You're just hearing Jesus and me waffle on. If you want to know more about God, there will be a link under this screen that you can get in contact with us. And we would love to connect with you virtually and speak to you more about God. Let you know more about how to get into a relationship with Jesus. And I guarantee it will change your life forever. So let's just take this time to really reflect and worship God. Thank you and have an awesome week. We'll see you next week.